This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. How's it going? Welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 32. I am your host, Skelly, and we're not hanging around anymore with long-winded intros. We're going to go straight into the Blue Army Podcast, Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army Podcast. storytelling joke this week bit of a long-winded one bear with me two friends were camping out one night when all of a sudden one of them jumps up screaming a snake just bit me on the butt a snake has just bit me on my butt the other friend says don't worry i'm gonna go into town and find a doctor and i'll be right back so the friend goes into town and finally after running around town finds a doctor he says, Doctor, my friend has just got bitten by a snake. Is there anything I can do? And the doctor says, it's okay. All you have to do is suck out the poison. The friend says, thank you, and runs back to the campsite. The injured friend asks, what did the doctor say? What did the doctor say? And the other friend replies, the doctor said, you're going to die. Because he didn't want to put his lips on his bum. Hey, there we go. Was it worth it? Was it worth it by the time we got to the end there? Well, it doesn't have to be worth it each and every week. We are here with episode 32 of the Blue Army podcast. And today we have Liam Denwood joining us from Blue Army TV, which is on YouTube. He's going to tell us all about his new adventure, which is some kind of lower league show, which is also on YouTube. He'll tell us all about that later on in the show. In fact, I'll do a pretty good run through of what we're going to talk about on the show when I've got Liam on the call. So let's just hand straight over to that conversation. Thank you very much for joining me. And if you have a joke of the week that you'd like to send in and I'll read out, you can send an email to the Blue Army Pod at gmail.com. Again, that is the Blue Army Pod at gmail.com. So if you've got a joke of the week that you'd like to send in, either via Via, 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 via voice note 
or indeed um, just writing it down and write your old name and, and where you come from next to it and I'll read it out on the show next week and give you full credit for what I hope is a funny old joke. Anyway, let's crack on with the show. Uh, I'm going to introduce you guys to the return of Liam Denwood from Blue Army TV. Looking forward to it. Good show this week. Bye for now. See you in a couple of seconds. Boo boo. Because I quite like getting a little bit of the preamble kind of stuff before I jump into a show anyway. Because I've got to tell you what, mate, I just, I, like I told you before, I had this, I had that interview today and I went up to this place and it's on an industrial estate, but it's like a retreat, a, a retreat spa kind of place. And to get to it, there's that? a tram. It's, it it's, it's on the outskirts of Manchester near Ashton. Do you know that oh, football right. team, Ashton, cruising, whatever it is? You heard of them? Cool. It's where Simon Hackney uh, sort of like resided from. I don't know if you remember Simon right. Hackney either. But um, it's, it's a little lonely cup in a suburb around Manchester ridiculously overpriced houses that kind of thing um but yeah there's a spa on this industrial estate that's got like a tgi fridays and a um a starbucks and anyway so i applied for this job and it was meant to be for a certain wage and i get there and the chef doesn't even have a clue that he's got an interview today and then to get to the actual hotel itself i had to walk across a motorway bridge and like the railings were like about like hip height it's really mm. oh mate like you just and you know you can just like see metal on either side so you can see straight through yeah. it's just that chicken wire stuff walking over like a free carriage so six carriages all together <laughs> motorway and it's like four lanes on the bridge that you're walking over with cars just whizzing past you oh mate it was so disorientating it was horrible so I was already thinking I can't get this job because I can't do this walk <laughs> um, but yeah when I got there the guy was like oh I didn't know I had an interview. Um, what job are you after? I said, I'm after a sous chef. And he was like, oh, I don't do sous I haven't got any sous chef jobs. I just got commie chefs, which is junior chef, which is like less paid. Mm. And I was like, how much yeah. is that? And he said, minimum wage. And I was like, well, I'm on more, I'm on, I'm on more than that now. So I'm sorry, but I can't take, I can't be taking back steps. I just want to try a different cuisine out, but yeah, just a massive waste of time. So I'm so happy I can come and just chill out and talk about <laughs> fucking football with your mate. So I'm really happy. <laughs> That are you here and you've joined us and uh, yeah, I'm joined by Liam Denwood from Blue Army TV, which is on YouTube. You can check that out on YouTube. Liam Denwood, how's it going, man? Welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's great to be back. I haven't been on in a while, and yeah, it's just it's good to be back. Good to be back going to football, and you know, it just seems like the world's going back to normal at the minute. Yeah, it's like football's the thing that just keeps the world rotating in a positive way for me at the moment. And uh, even though Carlisle keep drawing and we'll move on to talk about the, the, the tally of draws that we seem to be gathering at the moment. Um, I'm not too worried, though. I'm not too worried. But like I said, we'll go on. We'll go on to talk about that. But today on the show, we're going to talk about the late Norian result. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about the double headers that we've got against Hartlepool. We've got them in the league first away on Saturday, followed by a cup game at home on the Tuesday night. So we'll have a little crack about what we think about Hartlepool. And then we'll move on to talk about a little bit of the news coming out of Brunton Park, like how well Sam Fishburne's been doing over there at Lancaster with 
two games under his belt and five goals to his name. Um, I think I mentioned with Will that that's quite a low standard of football for Sam Fishburne. He seems to be killing it. Like yeah. he seems to have been proven as right. Uh, but we'll go on to talk about that a little bit later on, as well as maybe having a crack about Brad Young and, and seeing if we've heard anything about Brad Young and your new project that I stumbled upon recently, which is also <laughs> on YouTube. But we'll talk about that at the end of the show. First of all, we'll talk about the late Norian game, Liam. And uh, it was a one-all draw going into the game. I, w- I would like us to win against Lake Norian at home, to be completely honest, brother. Um, Lake yeah. Norian at home is a game that I would expect us to win. And uh, I think at halftime, they made some uh, a really good change. They put Smith on at halftime. And uh, unfortunately, it started to tip back into their favour and they ended in a draw. Um which I don't necessarily want to say was a fair result, but it was. I would have expected us to win, though. Uh, what were your feelings going into the game? Uh, going into the game, it was just a matter of we need to get off to a... You know, we finally need to get out of our like, sort of home record sorted. We need to go in, we need to win. And just almost to start a sort of kickstart our season. We'd just come off the back of, you know, I believe a draw at Port Vale. And before that, it was the win at Swindon. So, you know, we were in an, an all-right position going into the match. And I expected us to maybe not win, but to almost be the better team, to prove to prove, it's, uh, to prove it right and go on and win it. But I think this was meant to be a sort of step and a stone onto the rest of the season and to, to really put a contrast in between what happened last season, where we I think we lost three games all by three goals dead on the bounce. And I think coming into this game, I, I had that in my mind now and comparing what happened last time and how different it seemed to be this time. But, yeah, obviously, that that substitution at halftime from Leighton Orient proved to be the ultimate difference. And even then, I thought we were probably the better team overall. We dominated the first half. They they sort of got back into it in the second, and it it, it all it, it was just one error from us that caused that you know earned them the draw. I, th- I thought it was. It was unfortunate because Corey Whelan, new signing from Liverpool, you know, he's got all the good stuff. I, I expect him, because he's so young, I expect him to make a few little mistakes like this. But it just came at the wrong time for him because he's had such a good start to the season. I, I felt sorry for him when it went in. Yeah, uh, Corey Whelan, I have mentioned in earlier podcasts that I, 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 did, I have criticised him a little bit in pre-season. Um, I would expect him to make mistakes. You're right. Of course, he's going to make mistakes. He's a young lad. He hasn't got a whole lot of games under his belt. Um, I have felt like I was being a bit harsh uh, because he did play really well in the first three games. Corey Whelan is almost getting the Blue Army podcast seal of approval, but obviously he's got a lot of games ahead of him (laughs) before he earns that particular seal of approval. Um, Liam, you've been on the show before. You know that I normally go through the Carlisle United starting lineup, and I'm going to do it again. But the listeners might be feeling a little bit of deja vu because this has been the same starting lineup now for three games <laughs> in a row. Uh, so we've got Magnus Norman in goal, Tanner, Whelan, McDonald, and Armour at the back, Riley, Guy, and Mellish in the midfield with Dickinson, Abrahams, and Alessandra all playing up front. Now, obviously, Clough being out of the side again, maybe shocked a couple of people. What were your thoughts going into the game? Did you realise that we played the same team for, for three games in a row? Were you maybe getting, thinking somebody needs to get changed, two changes? Would you have made a change? 
Well, I thought I, I can see what Chris Beach is trying to do. He's trying to start that sort of feeling of stability and consistency in the team. But I thought there probably should have been a change up front as our problem this season has been scoring goals. Not really, because our defence has been rather solid. You know, we're a team that doesn't score many, doesn't let many in at the minute. I would have liked to see maybe, you see, all three of the attackers we started were, they're decent in their own right, but we don't have such a, like a, like a flair player, like like a gimme Toure or a or a Mampala. I think maybe Dickinson could prove to be that in the future, but I think coming back from such a long-term injury, uh, getting himself back into the team, I don't think he, he's been playing well at all recently, um, Brendan Dickinson. But I expected to see sort of a, or, or, or even a clough, because he was obviously fit enough because he was on the bench and he came on, but I'd have liked to see him in the team, I think, maybe on the wing. But I think... I think Chris Beach wants to see him in that attacker midfield role. And it's very difficult because that's the position Joel Riley's playing at the minute. And Joel Riley's in the form of his life. He obviously got mm. that amazing goal against Swindon. Um, I think I think he's in a, he's he's got a massive problem on his hands, which could be saved by Callum Guy going to Hartlepool, to be honest with you. But yeah, um <laughs> he's got he's got four brilliant midfielders and only three places to put them in. Um you, you see you've got the top assister in the league last season, Callum Guy, brilliant defensive midfielder. You've got Joe Riley, who's in the form of his life, and you've got John Mellish, our top goal scorer from last season. And then you've got this new player coming in, this attacking midfielder who all the summer has been about him. He's, 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 he's you know, he's, he's top shit, apparently. He's meant to come in and be brilliant, but it's very difficult. I, I, I understand why I left him out because it's very difficult to sort of stop him from shoehorning him into the side a bit, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I don't want to see him do that, but I think I would have liked to see him maybe play on the wing or something like that. I think there was room for Clough in the side. You'd have to change the formation slightly, but that was supposed to be the plan at the start of the season. First game of the season when Clough's name was on the team sheet, it, was, it wasn't it was 4-3-3. Um, it was more of like a 4-4-2 looking shape. Um, but And in yeah. pre-season, it was more 4-4-2 as well with, with sort of Corey and Abrahams playing up front and Alessandra and Dickinson sort of playing more winging sort of roles, I guess. And then obviously with having either a guy, a Riley, many people played in pre-season in that middle uh, sitting role yeah. uh, alongside Guy. It's been frustrating not to see any changes considering that we've had so many draws, uh, only the win at Swindon being a, a narrow win. And I think I'd like to see something different going into the Hartlepool game. I think the Hartlepool game is the yeah. game to get Clough involved it is the time to see what Clough can do with the set pieces as well, because if Guy is going to go somewhere, then Clough yeah. is probably going to be the person that steps in with the set pieces as well. So it'd be nice to see what he can do with set pieces, that kind of thing, because that really shows you the value that Guy's got. If we're going to miss Guy taking those set pieces, then, I mean, you've got to ask for a bit more money, perhaps. Uh, do you, do you mm-hmm. think Guy might go Wrexham? Or where, where do you think Guy might end up? Or do you think he I might think stay? That- I'd love him to stay, but if, yeah, you know, my heart says he'll stay. My brain says he's definitely going to go because I do not trust the board in the slightest. It is such a Carlisle thing to do, selling your captain and your vice captain after the season's already started with no time to replace them. You know, I can see that <laughs> definitely happening, but at the same time, I think there was a lot more almost sources saying that Hayden was going to go than what Guy is. And I yeah. think when the rumors when the rumors came out about Aaron Hayden going. It happened within the next couple of days he left. 
where and 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 I was quite happy with the club in that respect. Not that they sold him, but how open they were because they put Alfred that received the bid as the bid came in. They they told the fans what was actually happening, which is it's quite a welcome change, you know. It, you know, it's it's like saying we're we're kicking you in the face, but this time we're going to tell you we're going to do it, you know, sort of thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but we haven't heard anything about Callum Guy from the club, and it's only been a sort of a couple of wrecks and sources that are saying they want him. And and if you believed all the transfer rumours, then half the EFL would be going over to Wrexham. You know, I've I've seen them being linked with about fifty different players. So honestly, he's a brilliant player. And he's probably worth a lot of money. So if we do sell him, I hope we, I hope we do get a bit of coin for him. I mean, I'd be hoping for at least 400 uh, K. Yeah. If you're going to sell Guy, somewhere somewhere around that figure. I wouldn't want to go below 400 K, definitely. Because if you've got the, uh, the amount of money they're talking about they got for Hayden, I think that'd be a fair, I think that'd be a fair amount of money. But I'd like to keep him, like you're saying, I'd like to keep him in the, t- in the side. Obviously, you need that stability. You've declared him your captain. Uh, interesting though what Chris Beach was saying in pre-season about him wanting to have 11 captains on the pitch um, and so I don't think mm. this is necessarily going to affect Chris Beach in the way that he approaches who his next captain is going to be I don't think he thinks that is a problem for him necessarily but um, yeah we'll crack yeah. on and we'll jump on back into the game we had a little detour there talking about Callum Guy <laughs> um, it was early on in the game when Carlisle made the breakthrough uh, Abrahams after a poor clearance by the Orient's defence flicked the ball up against a defender's arm and uh, then got the penalty stood up took the penalty really well what are you going to say about the penalty mate I think it's really good this season if we've got a stable penalty taker who's confident to stand up and take them because last season we lacked that we, we missed a lot of penalties last season and we were everyone was having a go at taking them yeah well I, I'll be honest with you when I was at the game and I watched him go to take that penalty I thought oh my god he's going to miss I had no confidence whatsoever <laughs> that he was going to score it and and it, it was proved it, it was obviously a very well taken penalty but he, he did that thing that I, I'm a bit old-fashioned when it comes to how I like people taking penalties. I, I want them to just run up and smack it as hard as they can, put it past the keeper. <laughs> but he, he did that thing that I absolutely hate. And he did that little stutter before he took it. And that that really, really winds me up. And I'm glad it... And, and you know, it was obviously a really good penalty. But I, when he did that, I just thought, oh, my God, no. Like, it, Look at the Euros final, you know, the fr- the last three penalty takers <laughs> all 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 did like a little short run up, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um there's an instance that springs into my into my mind when we were playing South End away last season and one of their players went to take a, a penalty and I knew as soon as he did that little that little sort of jump before he took I knew as soon as he did that that he would miss it. And it, it, you know, I you know, it, it, if it works, it works. But Honestly, I'm never going to have confidence in people who take penalties like that. I, I hope he scores loads this season, but <laughs> but with penalties like that, I had no confidence whatsoever. <laughs> well, he took it really well, set the keeper the wrong way. And I think even if the keeper went the right way, he would have struggled to get anywhere near it. It had oh, a yeah. lot of power. It was, it was right high. In the top corner. Yeah, it was a really, really, really good penalty. So it looks like he's been practicing. Um, so hopefully he's got that in the locker and he can go left and right so he doesn't get you know, picked out by a goalkeeper one day. Uh, so he doesn't just keep going for the same spot every week, week in, week out. If if we do yeah. end up getting a fair few penalties. Um, it was a fair penalty, a little bit reactionary, but obviously it was in the box. It was flicked onto his arm and it, it's definitely yeah, a handball. Blip, I don't think. Penalty. 
I think the refereeing so far this season hasn't been too bad compared to last season. Uh, we were complaining quite a lot last year about the likes of Trevor Kettle. But um, yeah, we haven't had him it, yet. That's, yeah, that's we haven't the, had him yet. But it's been a bit more. Con- it's been a bit more consistent so far. Don't want to jinx it. Yeah. Don't, don't want to jinx it. But it's been a bit more consistent. <laughs> so far um shortly after the goal abrahams went through again on the right hand side and tried to score from an impossible angle when maybe it would have been better to play through alessandra in that moment what do you what did you think about abrahams decisions on the pitch uh you obviously saw the whole game do you think sometimes he's he's got his head up looking for goal when he should be looking for the pass or is that the sort of player that he is is he like to be direct Look, I, I, I thought he should have shot from that angle because even though he was wide out, he was very, very close in. And I think you yeah. won't, all you need to do is sort of get it just to the side of the keeper and it's going in because it was such short range. Uh, and, and as well, maybe Alessandra, he could have passed it back to Alessandra, but from where he was, there was defenders around him. I, I'm not even convinced that he could even see Alessandra was there. I, I think it, 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 it he's not... You know, he's not messy. He can't pick out that pass. That is a it would it would have took a brilliant pass to pick him out past the defenders. And I thought it was, yeah, he should have shot. And it, it was unfortunate that it was directly at the keeper's stomach rim and taken in. It's nice to see uh, an attacker with some confidence taking on shots like that. I think that's really important. Yeah. It's really key. When we signed Abrahams, I said that he scores in flurries and bunches and he seems like a confidence player. And then when we signed Clough, Clough seems like a confidence player as well. And what I mean by that is players that do better when you're in the rear going, good one, well done, go on, turn him, yeah. take him on. You know, the, the players that need a bit of backing. And I don't think Clough got that at Forest, which is kind of why he, he, he ended up coming down the leagues again. And mm. I feel like Abrahams hasn't had the best of times uh, at his previous clubs last year. And he was at Orient, wasn't he, on loan for a little bit last year? It was, uh, yeah, I think and he went on loan, but he, he belonged as to well. Newport County, didn't he? Yeah, that was yeah so he played, I think he did play for Orient last year as well. So that would have meant something to him. Um, and he seems like, I mean, you just got to watch Abrahams going into games as well. Uh, the way that he, you know, he poses his hands, he points his hands up, touches, he does that little prep, but he carries it on until he's actually in the lineup. I noticed when he was walking onto the pitch, yeah. as well as noticing Chris Beach's handshakes again. Uh, Chris Beach gives a handshake to every player as they walk out the tunnel one by one. Um, and Abrahams is normally the last person out of the tunnel and um, goes from the tunnel, from the pitch to the tunnel with his heart, arms like this until he gets to the lineup yeah. with his arms pointing towards the sky. So he's obviously quite a superstitious player and confidence is going to be a large part of his game. Um, yeah. And taking on those shots is a sign that he's confident. Sorry, that was a long-winded way to get to that point, but I got <laughs> to it in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and as well with Abrahams, what's impressed me with him a lot is his movement. He, he can get round players really easily. And it's something I noticed. I know it's at a lower level, but it's something I noticed a lot when we were playing Penrith in a preseason friendly. Yeah, uh, Tristan Abrams at Penrith, I went with one of my mates. His movement, him and Zach Clough were the standout ones. And he can get round the player really easily. And I know it was at a lower level, but he's proved it when he's come back into the league. He, just his movement, maybe not his, maybe not his uh, sort of finishing and his clinicalness, but... He, his way of getting around players and I think he's the perfect player for Chris Beach's sort of you know the long balls forward he's, he's one of the perfect players for that because he can get it 
he can move around defenders really easily. His, his movement is definitely one of his strongest points. I think Impala's very similar to that as well. I think he capitalises on the long balls. Obviously, Zanzala would have been the guy uh, we offered him the yeah. contract. That would have been the guy we would have wanted to be chasing down those long balls. But yeah, it, it didn't change. Obviously, didn't change Chris Beach's game plan. And he found another player who can do a very similar job. Now, at this early stage of the season and it's a little bit on the spot of me to ask you but who do you prefer at the moment Zanzala or Abrahams? Zanzala I'll be honest uh, maybe yeah that was that that was probably I I answered that quicker than I probably should have (laughs) (laughs) Abrahams if you're listening (laughs) I I didn't mean it I promise but no Zanzala still early mate Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's that's exactly right. I've I've seen Zanzala play for a lot more games than I have Abraham's, and he can prove me wrong. But Zanzala as well, he's absolutely turning up at Barra. He just seems to have that. He's very, they're very, very similar players. But yeah, Zanzala just seems to have the edge on him when it comes to finishing shots and actually scoring the goals themselves. But you know, Zanzala was a bit more physically imposing as well. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Abrams is. I think he's a little bit. Is he a little bit younger than Sanzala? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I so think that, that's maybe that's it's going to come in the next year. Maybe. You yeah, know, he could prove himself to be just as good. I mean, I hope so. I hope so. Just the same. And he's he's been scoring goals. You know, Sanzala took a while to get going when he first arrives, and and Abrahams has yeah. pretty much uh, got off to a, a good start so far. And like I said, confidence is key to a lot of these players, and hopefully. Chris Beach is the sort of manager that can keep Abraham's confidence nice and high and he'll carry on scoring goals and getting it in amongst the box and helping make chances because against Swindon, um, it was his sort of desperation toe poke that got the ball into, into Riley for the, for the nice, nice goal from outside the area, I believe. Um, Quality goal. Really nice goal. Best goal of the season so far. (laughs) Um, Carlisle, much the better team going into half time. Armour was in a really good position towards the end of the game. Really good work from Tristan Abrahams. He had a back heel in the box into Armour. And Armour, I think, made the wrong decision. He looked to square it when maybe he should have looked to drive yeah. it front post. But really encouraging signs this season from Carlisle United's fullbacks, both Tanner and Armour. I'd like to see them getting into those positions more, getting into the box a lot more and hopefully taking on a couple of shots every now and again. I don't think it'd be a bad thing. Tanner proved last year that he can he can hit one when he has to, nice and low and hard. And, and I'm sure Armour's got it in the locker because he's got an array of crosses and passes in the locker. Um, in certain positions, obviously, they're still quite young. I'd like I'd like to see them have a crack at it. I'd like to see them have a shot because yeah. when you when you compare the amount of goals our strikers score to the amount of goals our midfielders score to blah, 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 everyone may as well be having a chance at goal. We haven't got a exactly. really, really good yeah. finisher. Everyone may as well be having a crack at goal. And in this league, there's no reason why a left-back or a right-back can't get 17 a season. It's happened before. Um, maybe, maybe with a bit of a help from set Granger. pieces. Maybe with a bit of help from set pieces like Danny Granger. Yeah. Um, but even still, a good, a good left or right winger that can get down those wings can still score at least 15 goals a season. Nice and easily without having to score free kicks. Now, going into half time, I think we already touched on it. Late Norrient made a substitution and brought on a striker called Smith. Um, yes, massive. Big, big guy. Yeah. And I have said in previous podcasts that I thought 
going into the league, losing Hayden between Corey Whelan and Scott McDonald, not being the largest and strongest of centre-backs. I know Corey's quite tall, but he's not the tallest of centre-backs. And he's also yeah, not the stockiest of centre-backs. Yeah, and he's not the stockiest of centre-backs either. And McDonald's even shorter than that still. Maybe a little bit stockier, but shorter than that still. So in the air, they were always going to struggle. So it was plain and simple to see what the game plan was going to be from Leighton Orient going into the second half. There was lots of long balls getting pushed in and around the D. And uh, that's where the goal came from for them. Um, yeah, it, I think it proves that it's important that Carlisle do get a big, experienced centre-back to go against the big, experienced strikers that we have in the league. Um, I'm not saying that Hayden was like a 32-year-old, been up there and done it all kind of <laughs> defender. He wasn't, but we, he was in our team for two years, in this division for two good full years, and he knew this division inside out. So going into this season, he had just as much experience as anybody at, league, at the League Two level playing a centre-back position. So he would have been the guy that could perhaps have dealt with Smith a lot better uh, and not have been bullied quite as much. Um, I think when the goal did come, it was around the 73rd minute of the game and Corey Whelan by that yeah, point, like that. he looked a bit frightened, mate. He looked nervous. And yeah, I absolutely. think it's, it's, I don't want to say it's standard defending because it, it's difficult to judge these things. It really is. But when you're making a clearance, um, from 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 a long ball, you can't let it bounce. You've just got to get your foot through it, and he yeah. let it bounce, and then that's what led to the terrible clearance, which led to the through ball, which led to Smith chipping over the goalkeeper. It was really good um, finish from Smith. Unfortunately, it, you know it was it was a good finish, and you can say that when you look back at these things. But yeah, evidence that Carlisle need a experienced centre back. Would you agree with that, or would you go for Feeney? Because yeah. Feeney's not much taller either. Um, Feeney, Feeney's a decent enough backup, but I think we do need one more centre back. But on that on that goal itself, I think less of an individual error and more of a, of a lack of communication between the two centre backs. I remember watching it, and they both seemed to sort of leave it for each other for a few moments. Then they then Corey Whelan went to clear it. It was a little bit too late at the time. And then even after that, they both sort of left the runner on to each other. And I thought, you know, Corey, we- Corey Whelan, if he was a little bit bigger, he'd be playing at a lot higher level than this at the minute. Because I think he- he's-, he's a really good defender. He just doesn't have the height. I thought him and Hayden would have been the perfect combination. But, you know, but he- Ryan Reynolds had to ruin that. I- I- that is mad, <laughs> by the way. Can I just say there, there is a Deadpool correlation money. between the yeah there is somewhere along the line the first Deadpool film being released has led to Carlisle losing their vice captain that is a mad <laughs> it's a mad thing to think the about the ripple effect the ripple effect of Deadpool it's amazing uh, not, yeah, exactly. not great but it's a, it, is, it is a crazy set of circumstances <laughs> I can't wait for football manager to come out next year <laughs> yeah but yeah, no. about that that experienced defender. Yeah, I think we maybe do. And there was a, a mention from a, a centre back from Fylde not so long ago. Rumours around him. He's, yeah, he's a bit I heard that, that, but he wasn't. He wasn't, a, he wasn't an old experienced defender either. And Fylde isn't a an amazingly high yeah, standard was, of football to be playing at. Yeah, he was their captain though, and I think maybe that leadership is what sort of set him apart from the rest. Um, and he's played. He's played at. He's played at professional level before, and he. He might not be the oldest, but he's older than he's older than um, Corey Whelan. Yeah. But yeah, he, maybe he could have came in and been that that extra bit of sol- that solid defender we needed today, or against Leighton Orient. 
Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't been too kind to Corey Whelan since he arrived. And I mean, <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this. To, so I don't rock his confidence even more because like I said about confidence players, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to go keep on going yeah. on about confidence players, but it would be it would be nice to see another option at the back who is an imposing figure. Uh, and we'll leave yeah. it there and we won't criticise uh, McDonald or Whelan any further. And I, I also feel like because Tanner and Armour are sort of fan favourites and they've been around with the team for a while now, young mm. English lads, uh, and Scottish. we like the way they play. Well, sorry. <laughs> um, it makes them stand out when they make a mistake. Do you know what I mean? It just, it just, it just makes it yeah. look a little bit worse at the back sometimes when they make a mistake, when you're comparing them to our fullback. So Clough came on around the 66th minute, was it? Yeah, it was the 66th minute. Yeah. Clough came on for Mellish. Um, some nice touches. There was one instance, and I think it was his first touch of the match. I don't know if it's on the highlights or not. He took it down nicely um, and just... Yeah. Straight through, straight touch. through, a brilliant goal. It was, it was quality. It, it was genuinely, as far as impact subs go, that was probably one of the best. And put Joe Riley one on one with the goalkeeper. You know, he got it caught in his feet. You know, some of we're all too familiar with at Carlisle, unfortunately, scuffing them one on one chances. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen a Carlisle uh, striker with a touch like that since Michael Bridges. He could take, he could just take the ball out the air. Uh, amazing quality being shown from Zach Clough. And, and I can't wait for him to get a full 90 under his belt. And I really want him yeah. to get a goal nice and early and hope that that doesn't get on his back, uh, not having a goal, because he's only had a couple of substitute appearances. But if you start adding them up and they turn into five or six and he still hasn't had a goal, that might start getting a mm. bit of a monkey on, on a couple of people's backs. But obviously, I hope that doesn't build. It was nice to see him come on. It was nice to see him get just under half an hour under his belt if you include extra time there. Couldn't. Yeah. make the impact uh, that we needed, we, that we would have wanted him to make. When he came on, obviously, we were still winning at the time. So we were obviously yeah. chasing for a second goal when he came on. And then when the equaliser went in, we went on to make substitutions as Toure and Impala. So we're obviously trying to make something happen up front for the last couple of minutes. But I don't think we were very effective towards the end of the game. I think that late Norian no. started to push forward and dominate towards the end of the game. And that happened last week as well. I feel like we we, we look like we fall away towards the end of games. And I'm really worried that that might, that might cost us soon if, if, we, if we keep doing that and we keep shutting up shop and we don't go for the goals in, in, in the 90th minute, especially when we're at home as well. So yeah. a little bit, little bit a disappointed. One little bit disappointed by that when you're at home and it's one one and you've got you've got 15 minutes to to get a winner you should be trying um to yeah. get the winner and obviously i don't know if it's tired legs because we've played the same team three times in a row i i don't know i want to put that out there and say that that might be the case is that the, all these lads have been playing um for three games in a row now so not a lot of change for them so yeah, and that includes a Tuesday night at Port Vale as well. Yeah, that, that yeah. was very similar. And something I've noticed as well, as much as I wanted Corey Whelan to actually get substituted on, how we played when he came on really didn't suit him because he'd come on and we started putting these long balls forward that hmm. would be perfect for Tristan Abrams or something like that. But you, you can't expect little you know, dwarf Zach Clough to be winning headers against these massive 
you know, let an Orient centre back, can you? Because no. and there was a few where he can't, he can't, he can't jump as high as their natural height. You know, he's not going to be winning them headers up front, which is the way we started playing when he came on. You know, just getting trying to hump balls forward. It was, you know, he obviously had that good touch, and there was a few instances where he showed his class. But you know, I think we probably should have tried to play more football when he came on instead of sit, like you said, sitting back and defending when we've got the lead, and then. It, inevitably we we lose the lead. I think that's why he had a case for starting Clough at the start of the game because when in this division normally this is how most teams play football unless you're like a Hartlepool yeah. or a Harrogate where you always just go for the long ball game in game out. Um, most teams try and play for about 60 minutes and if that doesn't work then the long balls start coming out um, yeah. or whenever the manager pulls the trigger and this game obviously Lake Norient pulled the trigger at half time and started going for the long balls in towards Smith but this is normally what happens teams will try and play the game plan for at least 45 minutes 60 minutes and then eventually start going for the long ball and in these circumstances you want Clough to be on for the 60 minutes and then Impala to be finishing the game off and trying to go for those long balls if that's where the game starts going um, I think the games that we looked really good in last season, just before we were going into January, and it was against teams like this when we were beating them like 3-1, 4-1 uh, even. We were going into the 80th, 90th minute with the ball on the ground. We weren't hump- throwing it forward long. We were tiring teams out yeah. and we kept the ball on the ground. And players like JJ um, and Toure and Patrick could tire out defenders during a game and Alessandra and he carries on doing that and he can tire out defenders during the game and pull them around the pitch. And in those moments, if you can play the ball on the ground, you'll pull defenders out of position and you'll have that fresh set of legs going through on goal. But yeah, you can't expect Clough to be winning balls in the air up against the likes of Be- like Beckles yeah. and, and and that that Hap guy or Happy however you say his name like the big lads <laughs> Lake Norian have always been yeah. a large physical team always they've always had six foot defenders always notorious for being a physical team um and 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 yeah like Clough was always going to struggle and I don't think we've been playing into Clough's favor so far and I hope that starts changing. And I hope the formation changes slightly. I'd like to see a couple of changes going into the next game, which is against Hartlepool. But before we start talking about the next game against Hartlepool, what well, I mean, what changes would you like to see going into the next game? I'd like to see Brennan Dickinson dropped because the last few games he's just been doing sod all, to be honest with you. And I, it's it's a shame because I do like Brennan Dickinson. Yeah. Because he's clearly got something about him, but I, he's just... He just hasn't been delivering, and he he was better against Leighton Orion than what he was against Port Vale, maybe. But he just he seems to lose the ball. He doesn't seem to create much. And I'd yeah. like to have maybe two rear on that side. And I believe <laughs> I don't know if it's confirmed or not yet, but G, uh, Joe Riley suffered a bit of an injury towards the end of um, the last game. So I think maybe. Maybe you take him out the side, rest him to make sure he's fine. Put Zach Clough in that attacking midfield role. So, yeah. you know, you've got Toure on the left, Clough in midfield. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really want us to smash Hartlepool because obviously the, the rivalry's there. I think we go attack. I think we need to go sort of attacking with them. Lot. And maybe, you know, I'd like to see as well, just for a bit of height at the back, maybe Morgan Feeney coming in. Because like you said, Hartlepool, they're one of these teams that likes to get the put it forward and they've got all the fella all the more they're playing for them 
who likes to back into players and hold the ball up at the top. I remember him doing that at Carlisle. You know, so it, it's that sort of thing. We need to we need to play our football on the ground, and we need a few of those those flair players like your Toure's or your Cloughs to be you know to be just creating. And I think we should do all right against them. I think they're smart changes, mate. I really do. It looks like a couple of Carlisle youngsters might be going out on loan to join Sam Fishburne. Maybe not at Lancaster, but looking at the bench um, for the game against Lake Norrient, there was no Charters, there was no Dickinson. Uh, Dixon, sorry. Um, Bell was on the bench. I feel like Bell may be really impressed against Sheffield United and he's pushed himself forward into the pecking order. And he's maybe Chris Beach's favourite sort of youth candidate at the moment. It used to be Charters. Last season, it was Charters. It looks like Bell's maybe his nice shiny toy coming up through the youth system at the moment. (laughs) Hopefully, going into January, Fishburne can get back in amongst the team, uh, maybe play a couple of games. Yeah, well, I'll keep on talking about Fishburne, but we'll we'll get there. We will get there. Um, yeah. Something to know like- with Charters as well, though, is the reason he wasn't on the bench last week, I'm pretty sure he was at a wedding. Oh. <laughs> a bit of behind-the-scenes knowledge there, but, like, you know, I you know, I, I like seeing them players on the bench, Lewis Bells, Taylor Charters, Josh Dixon, and them three alone, that them, they're, they're all, I think they'll all go on to be professional players. Yeah, I think so. Even if they end up like dropping down and going to like a Gateshead or even like a Workington, a lot of Carlisle yeah. youth players have worked their way back in. Like Andy Cook, for example, Ryan Bowman is another example of that. Players that have been released recently from Carlisle youth systems and have gone on to have full careers uh, in the at the professional level and even rise above Carlisle in some circumstances as well. All, all credit <laughs> must go to them for the, for the hard F because it's not their fault. <laughs> it's not their yeah. fault. The opportunity just wasn't there for them at the time. Mate, um, we've started doing a bit of a tally here of Man of the Matches on the Blue Army podcast. So at the end of the season, we will have a definitive winner of Man of the Match nominees. So against Leighton Orient, mate, who was your Man of the Match? Um, that's a bit of a, that's, that is a tricky question. It's, I think it's, it's between two, both midfielders that, uh, Callum Guy or Joe Riley. I think mm. one of them two needs to have it. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Callum Guy because I thought his passing was good. And, and because you know, I might as well give him a man of the match before he leaves. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> get him on that tally somewhere. So I, I I'll give I'll give my man of the match to Callum Guy. All right. Well, the Callum Guy's got man of the match from you. I would have said the other person that you said, I would say Joe Riley. Joe Riley got the man of the match yeah. in the actual game. Four seconds. Plus. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't too wasn't too hard to see why he got to hold his vice Roy Curry at the end of the game again. Uh, that's always <laughs> a great picture. Obviously, everybody knows that I enjoy those vice Roy Curry pictures. Free advertisement for the vice Roy again here on the Blue yeah. Army podcast. So <laughs> those will get written down in our tallies, and at the end of the season, we're going to send a package to Brunton Park with the winner's name on it, and hopefully, he'll take a picture of himself holding said award whatever said award shall be so we've all got that to look forward to potentially in the future um so we'll move on we'll talk about next weekend's game against Hartlepool and at the same time next weekend's opponent is also Tuesday night's opponent for next week as well (laughs) in the English Football League Cup Johnson's pay blah 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 uh Papa John's trophy boo boo boo, whatever everyone wants to call it mate I don't like that yeah, I don't like I don't like that trophy. Yeah. We'll move on to talk about we'll move on to talk about that a little bit. But we've got them in the league first. Hartlepool, 
uh, away. Uh, just so everybody knows out there, it's sold out. There was a extra allotment of tickets assigned and those were sold out as well. And I think that is it. All the tickets have gone for Hartlepool away. Uh, are you going, mate? No, I couldn't get a ticket, unfortunately. And I couldn't get anybody who, who would uh, drive me down. But I, I, you know, I was gutted as well. I would, I, that's a game that's got a bit of history behind it, isn't it? And yeah. it's quite... Uh, it's quite quite close to Carlisle you know it's it's, it's in it's in the north isn't it Hartlepool I'm pretty sure yeah 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 we, but for a long it, time they were our closest I, I rivals there'll be some trouble yeah I think there'll be some trouble at that match you know yeah I think I've got, I've I've got a feeling there might be a bit of <laughs> be a tasty one <laughs> yeah it's been a long time since they've seen each other and they might want to get reacquainted so we'll see we'll see what happens over there at Hartlepool I mean I'm sure we'll we'll find out we'll see it all on YouTube and Instagram live the videos oh, normally yeah. wind up on there it's not too hard to find anything if something <laughs> does end up kicking off when Carlisle go to an away game but I'm not encouraging that kind of behavior by the way listeners not at no. all um, that's not respectable at all. Keep yourself safe at the football and uh, yeah, just do, do, do your mouth, do the talking um, and leave it there. So, yep. Hartlepool, League Two, Saturday's opponents. Hartlepool have got six points from the last four league games. They've won two, they've lost two. I watched the highlights of their last game, which was a 2-0 win against Walsall. I'll be honest, 2-0 flatters them. Uh, the second goal was a penalty. <laughs> because Walsall were chasing a goal. Walsall are a poor team. Uh, they've got one point so very far this team. season. They've not, they're have not. they not looking very yeah. good at all. Um, and I predicted them to go down this year, so ooh, we'll see. Um, Hartlepool, <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing all right, but it's 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 one of the, the, the teams that they've beaten aren't exactly the best teams, you know, Walsall. Um, yeah. And I saw the highlights for the goals. The goals weren't great. Uh, there was... There was counter-attacking run, uh, near post shot, keeper should have done better. And like I said, the second goal was a penalty. 2-0 flattered them against Walsall and Walsall are a poor team. The only thing that makes me worry is, again, big, experienced players backing into defenders and Whelan and McDonald not having the experience to know what to do in the situations and maybe getting put in someone's back pocket, which won't be great because Hartlepool would have been watching what happened at Leighton Orient and they would have seen that Smith's impact made to the game. So they'll be um, putting all the big lads on. And yeah. it's going to be a, it's going to be a physical game, and it's not a great it's not a great pitch at Hartlepool either. So it's going to be a tough game, uh, and Carlisle might have to also play the long ball, and it might just be one of those games where we just see the ball going long and high uh, for for a long time, like we did last season against teams like Morecambe away. I think the pitch was awful, and it was just long ball after long ball, and we ended up getting beat because. We don't always want to play long ball football. That's not our game plan. And when we come up against a team that is good at playing long ball football and it is their game plan, sometimes we come up too short because we like to play on the ground, like, like I mentioned earlier. What do you want to see going into the Hartlepool game? What are your predictions going into the Hartlepool game? Do you think we're going to win, lose or draw? I predicted on a show I did a few days ago, I said we would win 3-0. Which is very, very optimistic. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think I think they've got a bit of a point to prove, sort of thing. And especially against the local rivals. And there's gonna be nearly a thousand blues fans away at Hartlepool, which is a mad number. Oh, there that will be a thousand. There will be there'll be some sat yeah, on the yeah. Hartlepool side. There oh, will yeah, be a thousand. There'll be a thousand yeah. easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
even those that don't get tickets, they'll just go up to drink, won't they? You know, it, yeah, it's, there'll be a thousand. It'll be, it'll be, yeah, yeah, but I think that'll maybe spur them on. And I think Hartlepool, you know, it, it flattered them that result. And at Warsaw are a team, I think, I think they'll just survive. I predicted uh, Scunthorpe and Barrow to go down with Warsaw just above the two. Mm. But you know, I think they're a very they're a very poor side, Warsaw. And I've I've been to that stadium, you know, past it anyways. But uh, no, look, I think we should I'd like to see us win it and I'd like to see us win comfortably as almost like a statement of intent on the season ahead I think so I think so but unfortunately to do that I think like you might have to leave Clough out again because it might not be his sort of game it might be a long ball yeah. sort of game and you might just have to put Impala to start as well so you've got the big physical players going from the off and seeing where it goes unless maybe you slot if Riley's injured if you slot Clough into that midfield role it's not like Riley's six foot Two or anything like that. So yeah. um, he's, he's a strong player, cluster strong player. So yeah, he probably will comfortably sit into that role if that gets asked of him. But I think he's he's here to play a striking role. I think that's where he wants to be playing, but I'm sure he'll fill into mm. that hole if he has to fill into that hole, mate. Um, the game after that is Hartlepool again in the Papa John's Trophy. Uh, sorry, before, before I move on, I'm going to say uh, Carlisle are going to win um... 2-0. Nice. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. Yeah, I'll pop that one on later. I just think it's going to be a difficult game. It's not going to be that entertaining. Um, and we're just going to end up with the ball on the back of their net twice. And it's just going to be, you know, bish bash, bish bash, long falls. Um, yeah, moving on to talk about the next opponents, which is Hartlepool again. Uh, but in the Papa John's reserve trophy, like you mentioned earlier, I don't I don't have a heart for this trophy anymore. Um, I haven't no. had a heart for this trophy in a couple of years. Ever since they introduced the reserve teams, it got slightly worse. Absolutely. But the fact yeah. that we're also a League Two team makes me care about it slightly less because you've got even better teams in League One. It's even harder for us to get to any stage where it's going to be worth getting to financially and not having the impact on the players. A lot of teams at this level can't afford to have a big enough squad to have lots of under-23 players to be playing these sort of cup games. And league form can suffer sometimes. It's happened to us in the past. Uh, we've had great cup runs in this cup in the past as well, and I've got some great memories from it. But, yeah. I mean, to call a trophy Papa John's is just embarrassing. Team yeah? In this league, yeah. We're oh, the most I mean, successful it, club in this tournament, I think. I think that's yeah. just because that, we've been at the most finals. I think we've been at six. You know, it, but yeah, no, you, you are right. It's it's lost all its dignity with with them under twenty three teams from the Premier League. But I, and and another thing, um, the name of it. How do you how do you call it, how do you expect to be taken seriously when you're named after a pizza? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's embarrassing. Mad. You can't do it. Yeah. Um, other embarrassing food related uh, names in football include the Kit Kat Stadium. Remember that one? <laughs> no, it was that. Oh man, I'll have to Google it. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Kit Kat. And the, uh, oh, the milk cup. Oh, the milk cup was that under seventeen's cup that was in Ireland. <laughs> Kick no, it's not Ipswich. Was it Ipswich? York. Yeah. York City. York City played at the Kit Kat Stadium. Um, I think that endorsement that deal's brilliant. finished now. Uh, I'll edit that all together <laughs> so it sounds cool. So uh, yeah, including the Kit Kat uh, Stadium, which is at York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> expertly edited in there. Really well done. So uh, we'll move on. We'll move on to the news. Uh, we've, we've spoken about Hartlepool there. We've spoken about Leighton Orient. So we'll move on to the news that have been coming out of Brunton Park this week. I'll be honest, there's not been a whole lot of um, amazingly interesting news. A lot of the articles this week have been sort of, we'll have to wait and see in the transfer market. We'll have to wait <laughs> And hope and just sort of like take our chances and, and capitalize on the opportunities. And so I guess trying to be shrewd, um, that's also something that politicians say when they don't have a clue. So <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll wait and see, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we don't get what we want. Um, but also with the transfer window closes, that's not the end of League Two's transfer dealings. We can still bring in people yeah. on loan. We can still bring in some like, free transfers. So it, it's not the end of the world if they don't get the deal done in the next week. Uh, it's eight days from now. But when this episode comes out, I feel like the transfer window is next week. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I think, so do you, um we get a domestic transfer like extension, don't we? Where we can bring in players from other English clubs, which, you know, it's where we're getting them from anyways. It's a problem for the Premier League when the transfer window finishes, but I think you can still trade within England for another week after the transfer window shuts. Is that right? I believe so. I believe so. From my football yeah. manager sort of things, I remember uh, just because the transfer window <laughs> was closed doesn't mean I wasn't going to be able to bring in certain players. Um, and in fact, it actually helped when the transfer window closed uh, sometimes because certain players would be like, oh no, because I can't play in the Premier League. So maybe I'll end up, I'll have to go somewhere else if I want to sign a contract now. Otherwise I'm just going to be skint and sitting on the dole, unlucky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the news, um, Sam Fishburne scoring uh, five goals in two games, really nice goals playing for Lancaster City. Um, really good signs. You've got to be happy with that. Have you seen the goals that you scored? Yeah, he's, he's only 17 and he's scored as many goals in two games as we have the whole start of the season. Just him as an individual scored that. He scored five goals, a brace on his debut and a hat-trick. And one of, there was a goal I saw that he scored for Lancaster where he almost like pulled it back and went, went around a defender to finish it. And that was a that was a bit of quality. And I think, Very you know, nice. he's the kind of player we need at the minute. I don't think we yeah. should let him go out on loan, to be perfectly honest with you. That kind yeah. of like clinical finishing. I know it's I know it's at a lower level, but the signs he knows are there. where the net is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The signs are there. Goal scorers are goal scorers. I feel like uh, Chedwin Scott has also been doing quite well at Gateshead. He's he's got up in amongst the goals. Uh, he was always a sort of player. He just knows where the goal is. Sam Fishburne knows where the goal is, and obviously you want him to get in and amongst the changing rooms of fully grown men playing sort of semi-pro yeah. football and get used to being on the road and it's a good education but he wouldn't have been missed around the Carlisle team round about now um, I think he would have been no, a really good, op- really good option um, but maybe he would suffer from the same thing that Clough at the moment is suffering from like getting thrown on towards the end of the game 20 minutes towards the end of a game he's not 6 foot 2 6 foot 3 he's not huge um he's 17 he's still got a long way to go in his development so he wouldn't be necessarily great at competing with those high balls for the last 20 minutes of games that we've been talking about earlier um it is good for him to go out and get experience it's really good that he's scoring all these goals and it we should just be getting excited about it 
um, and yeah. hoping that when he comes back in January, he's put on two stone and he's ready to take on League Two. <laughs> well, that was the point in sending out, wasn't it? Just to toughen him up a bit, get him used to playing men's football. And so, you know, because it is, it is at any level, men's football is a step up from the youth level. Because he was smashed, I think he was the top goal scorer in the country at youth level, wasn't he? Or some daft like that. He was a mad, mad striker. At his level, I think but, so, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so, yeah. But uh, but no, it, that Lawn deal could do him a world of good. And he comes back, you know, maybe a Leeds or someone's looking at him and thinking, you know, maybe we could uh, spend a bit of money on him. But he, he'll be he'll be a good investment. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he'll play a few games for Carnal in the future. Yeah, I think I think you're about right there. Yeah, I think good investment. Good investment. Well said. Good investment. Yeah. Well said. Um, obviously, we sent Sam Fishburne out on loan, and maybe it was to make room for uh, somebody we brought in on loan from Aston Villa. We brought in Brad Young, who didn't get any minutes against Leighton Orient. He was on the bench, but didn't get any minutes against Leighton Orient. A striker not coming on just shows how congested we are maybe up front at the moment. Because when you're chasing the goal in the game, you throw your strikers on. We did throw our strikers on. Toure and Impala came on. It did. It does sort of remind me of what happened last year when we played against Morecambe and Zanzala didn't come on and Toure came on instead. But then in the next game, yeah. Zanzala started. Um, and it was just after we brought him in and spent money on him. Um, and then he, that's when Zanzala sort of like got going. So... I don't want to question Chris Beach's decisions there, but what's also the point in bringing in Jensen and Young if we're not gonna if we're not gonna give them some minutes and if they're not good enough, then why are we paying the wages? Well, I understand Jensen because he was always brought in to play second fiddle to Magnus Norman, but mm. with Young, I thought you know he, he scored the winner in the FA Youth Cup final. He's, he's you know Aston Villa fans seem to be raving about him a lot. You know, we've had good experiences with loan players from Aston Villa with uh, Callum O'Hare coming back. You know, you, you could argue maybe Harry McCurdy. Well, as much as people dislike him now, he, he maybe was a bit. You know, he, he was he was he was good value for, to get on a free. But we've had good we've had good dealings with Aston Villa in the past. That's my point. But yeah, maybe it is just a matter of he's only newly signed and he's only been here like what, what like a week and a half. Maybe it's just a matter of him getting used to playing with the team because he's another one. He reminds me a lot of Sam Fishburne in that what Aston Villa fans have said about him, where he's young, sending him out on loan to toughen him up a bit, but he knows where the net is. It's 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 exactly like what's happened to Sam Fishburne, but at a higher level. I mean, it looks like he's had that Premier League training, like he's been in and around the first team. He's been using the gym. He's been getting trained properly. Uh, he looks stocky for his age um i'm hoping the best for him i'm hoping he can score a couple of goals for us and and then maybe if he does move to a league one team get another loan oh is he with us to the end of the season actually isn't he so i mean so hopefully it's a one-year loan yeah yeah so hopefully he can just get going and hopefully he can just get uh, on some sort of goal scoring form and and we can take advantage of that i don't think there's anything wrong with teams at our level giving those players minutes. And if they do get onto a rich vein of form, it's silly for you to, to not play them. Um, and there's always chances for those players to come back in the future. It's happened to us many a times in the past that we've had a lone player 
Um, and then two or three years later, we signed them on a permanent deal. And it's because we've had that existing relationship. And I know it feels really harsh when these good loan players go, but I'm always optimistic that maybe one day, because they've been here before, they'll come back again. And normally, if they don't sort of come back again, it's because they've, uh, it's because they've not had a good time. Um, we've we've had some good players on loan that haven't had great loans like Jordan Pickford for example didn't have a great time gone on to have a fantastic career and there's other people like that that we could go on to mention but I'll tell you what we're going to mention now mate we're going to let you have a little plug of uh, what what your new project is that you've been doing on YouTube. You've got some kind of lower league show is it called the lower league show? Is that its name? Tell us all about it mate uh, it's not my show. It's a guy called Cass who runs. He's a Man United fan. He runs this. He runs a channel called Never a Foul, and he reached out to a number of um, lower league creators, including myself. And you know, we've got Charlie from uh, the Bristol Rovers blogs. You know, we've got Reese from German Gills. It, it, we, there's a, it's a, it was originally going to be a League Two show and a League One show as separate entities. But the two have been combined as of recent because of you know just just to make up the numbers. But yeah, it, it I've, I have, I've really enjoyed doing it. It's weekly every Sunday. It's meant to be at around half six, but the last couple of weeks, you know, it's been five minutes either way. But it's it's it, it's it's all it's all streamed live. It's it, it's a it's a brilliant thing to be a part of. It really is. You know, it's 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 not just that, but it's it's learning about the rest of the league from other people. That's that's yeah. the main thing I'm taking away from it. It's you're getting that. You know, you hear how Nick Anderton's doing at Bristol Rovers very badly, might I say? But <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, no, that they considered four in twenty-five minutes Bristol Rovers the other day. It really wasn't great for him or, or the <laughs> Bristol Rovers at all. But you know, but it, it, it's it's a real eye-opener that show me being on there, just learning about other teams in the league, Gillingham, how how Carl Dempsey's getting on. He's their captain at the minute, I believe. You know, it, it, it's it's a great show and it's it's brilliant to watch and it's streamed half six every week um, on the Sunday. But yeah, it, it it is it's a good show to be a part of. So when when you do the streaming, there's, there's there's like a video that's also posted that you can always go and check on the YouTube. Is there? Yeah. Ah right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what's 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 the name yeah. of that channel again? Sorry. It's Never a Foul. It's called it's on it just look up never a foul on youtube it's the first result coming up it's you know they do a number of shows they do a man united one a chelsea one you know there's a few other premier league shows there's, there's a championship show uh sort of review uh series as well they've got going at the minute i'm part of the, the lower league ones but yeah it, it's it's a it's just it's just a well-run channel that i you know it's it's been good to be a part of over the last few weeks all right man well You've also got your own YouTube channel, the Blue Army TV, which you've spoken to us about before. And um, yeah, there's the videos of there of uh, me kicking your ass in the first head-to-head uh, Blue <laughs> Army TV, Blue Army podcast channel. I bet you thought you were going to get through it without me mentioning it, didn't you? Yeah, well, you're not. Yeah. You're not. You're not. And there'll be more challenges to look forward to during this season uh, i think we've got a quiz that's going to be coming up uh, in a couple of weeks maybe a couple of months we'll, we'll get something sorted out yeah uh, we'll get my, sorted. yeah my friend wills is going to come up with a lot of questions uh, i say a lot maybe 10 maybe 20 questions you <laughs> listeners can obviously be joining in and shouting at us uh, if we're not getting the answers or you're just joining in in general you guys can join in with the quiz so i think it's going to be a lot of fun mate and uh, it's a chance for you 
to redeem yourself. Uh, so I recommend that you get swatting up there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to redeem myself for that result. It was very, very, very poor from me on that football manager episode. I won the second <laughs> leg, but it's such a heavy defeat in the first leg. You know, it's very hard to come back from that. That's it. That's it. I mean, I did, I did, I did sort of like throw all precaution to the wind in the second leg, and I think Alex Mitchell got to make an appearance for Carlisle's first team. <laughs> well, I guess not Carlisle's first team, the Carlisle podcast first team, which he didn't get to do in real life. Yeah. But even still, um, that mate, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing that video. You can check that out over on the Blue Army TV YouTube channel, where you can also see weekly videos of Liam talking about. Carlisle's latest results. How often do you post those and when do you post those? Is that on the game day, every Saturday? Is that one? It's, yeah. Well, uh, I do every match, home and away, whether I can get to it or not, I do a review. Um, I'm not sure whether I'm going to be doing a review of the EFL trophy, Papa John's thing. I haven't decided whether I, I really want to do that because it's a competition that no one really cares about. And I did them <laughs> last year and they got about, they got about, 70 views per video and they never did very well but okay. yeah no look I am um, I, I try and I try and get them up on the game day but if for example the Sheffield United one I got back into the house at about two in the morning you know I'm not going to record a video and post it that day for example but yeah but I, I try and get them out as soon as possible I, I find the key is to try and get them out before the official highlights come out and that's when you get the views the, uh, for the uh... videos but but no yeah yeah, giving away the tricks, yeah. giving away the YouTube tricks. Anyone <laughs> that's aspiring to do your own YouTube channel relating to any kind of football team or sports team, sounds like a hell of a tip from Liam there. <laughs> <laughs> right, mate. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll leave it there. Eh? We'll say goodbye to the listeners, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we might move on and have a bit of a crack. Uh, but we don't need you listening into our conversation. So this has been episode 32 <laughs> of the Blue Army podcast. This week's loud and local band is to be decided. So I'll tell you about it in a minute after you've heard my little outros. And uh, yeah, Liam, mate, thanks very much for joining us. And uh, I'd like to have you back again very soon. I'm pretty sure we'll yeah, see you again thanks soon, for me. mate. No worries. Bye for now, buddy. See ya. hey that's the end of episode 32 well nearly all that is left to do is tell you who this week's loud and local featured artists are and it is a one re-return and one new artist so we have the re-return of Severa some of you people might remember Severa from the party episode the end of season party episode we did so the last episode from last week's season uh, he did a big long playlist for us um, and this is a remix that he's done for an artist called Michael T. Oglivy. Michael T. O. G. I. L. V. I. E. Anyway, it's a great tune. I hope you guys enjoy it. This That was allowed on local segment for this week's episode if you have a song that you'd like us to use in our loud and local segment please send it to the blue army pod at gmail.com and also similarly if you have a joke of the week you'd like to contribute please send it to 
thebluearmypod at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening, downloading and commenting, hitting likes, anything like that. It's all appreciated. Don't forget to give us follows, give us love because we'll give it right back to you when the opportunity arises for us. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed the track. It's an absolute banging tune to leave the podcast on this week and I'll see you again next week where I think I'm going to have Wills back on the show and uh, yeah we've got all that to look forward to we'll be talking about Hartlepool come on Carl I'm going to beat those monkey hangers alright Maris bye for now you can find your happy here and be on your way
I've missed you. I've missed your mic. I can't hear you. Yeah, I can't hear you. Sorry. Can't hear you. <laughs> Is that good? Oh, I got you back. You got back on? Yeah, right, sorry. I, I, I uh, you, were say, you were saying about Tristan Abraham's playing at Penrith. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.